0: Welcome to the From the Flats podcast, brought to you by AT&T, your destination for the latest in Georgia Tech athletics. Now, here's your host, Wiley Ballard. Hello again. It's February on the Flats. Georgia Tech spring sports are getting underway. Softball and baseball opening at home this weekend. We'll have head coach Danny Hall join us, talk a little softball as well with assistant coach Reese Maraconda. But first and foremost, we've got another member of the new football staff here at Georgia Tech. That'd be the general manager. Patrick Suttis joins us now. And Patrick, a couple days ago, uh, Tori McElhaney had a nice uh, column, a Q&A with you posted online talking about the nuts and bolts of your job, what your responsibilities are, and, and kind of that stuff. So I kind of wanted to supplement this with a conversation of how you view football um, in player evaluation. So obviously for folks who want to know what Patrick does from a player personnel standpoint general manager, go check out uh, Tori McElhaney's uh, column. It's a great one. Uh, but let's let's start with this as far as football and talent evaluation. How much of of the player evaluation process is objective versus subjective?
1: Yeah, I think it depends on um, where you're at one, um, because um, a lot of the player evaluation is not just what you see on film, but the character, intellect of a a player. Um, And obviously here at Georgia Tech, uh, we have a great academic institution, and we're trying to play with that as well on the field uh, with guys that are extremely smart, and um, know the game of football, but then just play with relentless uh, effort and attitude, uh, as coach likes to say, create mayhem. So, um, with coaches, uh, with being with Coach Collins at Alabama and kind of being that Nick Saban tree, uh, I know what he's looking for and what I've always, um, growing up in this business, been taught, we're looking for guys with size and length. Um, and then, for me, it's it's length and speed. Um, this game is a fast game now with all the spread offenses, and uh, up tempo and all that. So defense, offense—you got to have guys that can that can run as well.
0: Any type of talent evaluation, whether it's an NFL GM, Major League Baseball GM, even a, an executive search firm in, in the corporate world—they've got kind of their traits or. I want to see kind of their favorite aspects of, of a potential player or prospect what, what are some of your favorite things to look for what what sticks out to you
1: yeah so some of the stuff is you can't see on film unfortunately I can't go on the road and see but from a coaching standpoint um coaches when they go on the road and go to a kid's game or go to a kid's practice what does he do after the play um whether they're up 49 nothing or down 49 nothing, how do they respond are they leaders um Do they sit over there and pout, do they quit, do they not play hard anymore? Um, Those are the things that for me and sometimes you can see it when you're watching highlights, you can see after the play, you can see the scoreboard and see the kids still playing hard. Um, Those are the intangibles that uh, I and our staff look for because those are the guys that we know are going to be leaders Um, um, and I think that's for me, that's the most important thing. It's not just your God-given talent, but your attitude, effort, and how you can lead other people.
0: Where do those intangibles rank on the decision tree? I mean, when does that become a part of the process when you're nearing down Right the pool? away.
1: Um, obviously, you know, we try to get the film, we watch the film, so there's some things you can't really tell on film. Um, we look at highlights, but we really, we're gonna break down game film so we can see the highlights and lowlights. Um, so sometimes you can't tell effort, attitude, leadership, all those intangible type qualities. So that's something kind of when the coaches go on the road in spring and fall, they can really see those. But that's i mean—that's as big of a piece for us um, as the, the God-given talent.
0: Do you find that with players at this age in high school, obviously there's a lot of physical maturation that's going to happen between yep. the age 15, 16, 17, all the way to 21, 22. So your job is a little different than at the NFL level where these guys are finished products. So what signs do you look for when you're trying to project and how difficult is that process?
1: Yeah, it's extremely difficult. Um, but what we try to do is, um, you know, for guys, and let's say they're, they're underweight, okay? Well, how big are their, how wide are their shoulders? How big are their hips and, and butt? Do they have the potential, a growth potential? Now, if they got narrow hips and narrow butt and then narrow shoulders, they probably don't have much room for uh, growth potential. But do they have the long arms, the hand size, all those little uh, measurables that you see, NFL combine that they're measuring. We, uh, we do as well at our camps um, to kind of see what their growth potential are. And, and what's great about this is you, you do a lot of projecting. I mean, a kid could be a uh, wide receiver in high school and then can end up being a DN in college. So it's great to kind of project. And, and uh, I know Coach really likes guys that play on both sides of the ball and uh, he's gonna incorporate that here at, at Tech and, and do both those things.
0: Let's talk about the developmental part of this program, because that's, that's from day one, whether it's Todd Stansbury, Coach Jeff Collins, they've wanted to emphasize, we're gonna be recruiting the cream of the crop, but part of what's gonna differentiate George Tech is our ability to develop kids okay. above what maybe some thought of them as, as seniors in high school. So when you're trying to identify kids who are good candidates for that, what, what what's the recipe what are the
1: key ingredients that you guys need to find on the recruiting trail yeah like coach says we're a developmental program and um, like we talked about a little bit earlier uh, we're looking for guys that are gonna one work their butts off and then two just high intellect guys um, really high football IQ guys um, those are the best guys that are gonna fit in this program because uh, coach Lou strength coach does an unbelievable job from what I've seen so far obviously strength coach of the year last year um, he's taking these guys right now in their offseason program and he's developing those guys and they're going to get better every day every week every year Um, so we want to make sure that we're bringing guys in that fit the culture that coach Collins coach Lou all our assistant coaches are creating and those are guys that are going to come in here and know that when you get here there's zero stars and everybody's on the same uh, page, and it's whoever goes out there and gives the best effort. And uh, those are the guys that are gonna play on uh, Saturdays.
0: Well, you, you just alluded to it with Coach Lewis, strength coach of the year, coming here to Georgia Tech. Uh, Brett Key obviously got a lot of acclaim for his work on the recruiting trail, now coming here to Georgia Tech. Uh, you personally have gotten a lot of uh, praise from coaches a- across the, the country for your ability to tell a story uh, Coach uh, Mike Norvell at Memphis says, and you worked with him at Arizona State in your time, he said you're probably the best storyteller in college football. So I know it's, it's going to be a tough question to answer, but why do you think that is such a good strength for you? Why, why are you so good at that? Or why well, do others say something
1: yeah, like that? Yeah, I've been blessed to be at a lot of great places, um, blessed to work for a lot of great head coaches and assistant coaches. Um, and I've been in a lot of different places where the story is not the same. Um, and I think that's really helped me out just from being in Alabama. The story you tell at Alabama is not the same as Texas. Texas, Arizona State, Arizona State, Auburn, they're all different stories. Um, they're all different selling points as far as what you're selling. Um, so I think when you when you get to a place, it's all about finding what you can sell that will attract these kids and their parents and high school coaches and all that. And that's what intrigued me so much about this place, is not only do I know that Coach Collins is a stud, um, always knew from 2007 until now that he would be in this position. I mean, I had no doubts. Um, so from selling him and his brand and vision um, to the city of Atlanta, which I obviously love, and being from here, um, it's unlimited resources here, and then the Georgia Tech brand with just the academics, um, the people that graduate from here going to be successful in life. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It's a, to me, this is the easiest story to sell of all the places I've been. Um, so I'm looking forward to that.
0: Like you said, Atlanta native. I want to wrap up with this. What's one thing since coming back here? You graduated from high school here in the early 2000s, and you've been away from it, or at least somewhat close there in Auburn. But coming back to Atlanta, what's one thing you've been driving around the last couple months and said, "You know what? I didn't know I missed it, but now that I'm here, man, I missed
1: that." Just so much to do. I mean, there's. Endless things that you can do not only from what I enjoy, obviously, is sports and having Falcons and the Hawks, and now we got a soccer team that's unbelievable. and um, Braves, huge Braves fan, um, but stuff for my wife to do. I mean, just we've been in some small college towns, and you kind of forget there's there's more to <laughs> it than just the the football side of it. Um, so that's to me, that's the that's definitely what I'm looking forward to, and and really. Um, I haven't really been downtown much at all since I left high school and just the growth of Atlanta as a downtown and everybody was kind of moving outside the perimeter and now everybody's kind of moving back in. Just how much this, this campus one has changed, uh, downtown, midtown, Buckhead area has changed. It's, it's great to see.
0: Well, Coach, appreciate your time. That's Patrick Suttis, uh, General Manager here at Georgia Tech Football, and uh, we're glad to have you back here at home and look forward to your mind everybody else that there's a lot to do here in Atlanta.
1: No doubt. Great to be home.
0: All right, next up, we'll talk a little Georgia Tech softball. This is From the Flats. Georgia Tech softball out to a good start here in 2019, having won three in a row in their first five games. are now joined by hitting coach Reese Mariconda. And, Coach, first, let's talk about what have you liked through those first five games.
2: I like how the team's been competing. You know, I think having more depth in the lineup this year has uh, created a uh, more competitive environment in, in, in practice. So also seeing a lot of resilience uh, early on with the team this year. They have it in them to, uh, to compete and, um, you know, keep that energy and um, that fight throughout the season is, is, is challenging but critical.
0: You knew you had a lot of good hitters back. Cameron Stanford, <laughs> second team All ACC a year ago. Katie Cruz, a senior, she's been a bedrock for uh, this program the last three years. But did you see Brianna Roper's production coming? I know it's just five games, but she's ten for eighteen, Could hit you- a couple homers. I mean, why is she doing so well?
2: You know, it's honestly not a surprise to me that uh, Roper's been uh, performing the way that she has. She's always in the top three in in every category that we've been tracking in practice. Uh, The kids uh, workhorse, you know, uh, in practice, she's always competing. Uh, I know she works her butt off outside of practice uh, on her own. Um, So it's not really a surprise that she's been doing as well as she's been doing. Um, also, you know, just just having her buy in to what we're trying to do here, and she's really taking ownership of her swing and her approach. So I think that's really allowed her to excel in the first few games here. To perform at that level consistently is key because she is one of the best athletes on the team.
0: As far as moving forward, you guys still got about three more weeks till conference play starts up. What do you want to see improve from this team?
2: Offensively, I would like to see our pitch selection get a little bit better. I, I definitely like the aggression that we've shown this year. But, you know, I think if we can get to uh, a point where we're consistent and and being able to put our game plans into action, and then just being able to adjust, uh, you know, uh, pitcher to pitcher a little bit more quickly, that would be critical for us to be able to have continued success throughout the season.
0: Obviously, you've got the Big Ten ACC Challenge coming up this weekend, Michigan State, Illinois. (laughs) What do you see from them, and, and what can we expect to see at the Mew this weekend?
2: Um, I think it's going to be a great environment. You know, it's always, it's always special to be able to um, host and then uh, represent the ACC in, in Georgia Tech. So uh, that's going to be extremely fun. It's going to be fun as well to, you know, also see the team compete against, you know, another Power 5 team and be able to see how we match up against them this weekend. So um, I'm anxious and excited to be able to see uh, what the team does. Well,
0: Reese, thanks so much for your time talking about this year's team. Before we let you go, I want to ask you about competing uh, against now your your current head coach, Eileen Morales. You guys both in the ACC, you a Virginia Tech grad, Eileen a a Georgia Tech grad. What do you remember from uh, those those battles in the ACC a, a few years back?
2: What do I remember? I remember two ACC championships. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm phenomenal. just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm just I'm just messing. But uh, you know, it's it, it was always fun uh, playing Georgia Tech. They had it. They had a great team. Um, they were always a competitive team, and um, they can hit. They can always hit. So um, you know, looking back, it it was always a. They used to call it the tale of two Techs because it was it was always a great matchup. But yeah, it it was it was fun. It was definitely fun.
0: Is there anything you've learned about Coach Morales the last two years working with her that you might not have known just competing against her?
2: No, nothing new. I mean, she she was she was competitive and energetic and as a player. So to to most most of the time, you know, great players they transition into great coaches. I think what made her great as a player is you know allowed her to excel in her coaching career. So no surprise there. Um, why I came here so I think I think there's a
0: sigh of relief on both sides you guys are working together now versus competing against each other because you guys were the class the conference uh, as players and now trying to get Georgia Tech back up there uh, as coaches well coach thanks for your time best of luck this weekend look forward to talking to you soon thank you all right next up we've got head coach Danny Hall he's going to break down the 2019 baseball season as they open up this weekend at home And we're now joined by head coach Danny Hall of the Georgia Tech baseball team. The Jackets opening their season on February 15th against Illinois Chicago, the Flames beginning year number 26 under head coach Danny Hall. And coach, this year a few changes to the staff uh, came up late there in December. Mike Nickias uh, having to take care of a family matter. You bring on James Ramsey as your uh, assistant uh, recruit or assistant hitting coach. Uh, What do you see from him and can you walk us through that process?
3: Well, I think James uh, obviously was a great player in our league at Florida State. Uh, just finished last year playing uh, professionally, so he's got a lot of current things uh, uh, that he's brought, not only from Florida State because he was the volunteer there uh, for the fall, but all the stuff that he's learned, I think it was five different uh, pro organizations uh, that you know he was a part of. So, brings a lot of knowledge, uh, brings a lot of passion. Uh, really fits our culture where, well uh, and, and I think he's a guy that uh, is all about bringing everybody together and so he's hit the ground running uh, has done a really good job uh, not only with our hitters but I think he's made a huge impact uh, just on our entire program so we're happy to have him uh, his wife Grace was a cheerleader here so he knew a lot about Georgia Tech before <laughs> he got here and he grew up in Atlanta so we're excited to have him. and Like you
0: said, a heck of a player at Florida State, 2012 ACC Player of the Year. This year's team loses the 2018 ACC Player of the Year in Joey Bart. Let's start with him coming out of the lineup. You lose Wade Bailey, uh, one of the, uh, the top second basemen in program history. But outside of those two guys, you return a lot offensively. What do you make of this starting nine here in 2019?
3: I think it'll be a very solid unit, and I think there's, uh, you know, certainly guys beyond them that's going to give us uh, some depth. Uh, you don't replace Joey Bart, you don't replace Wade Bailey. Both those guys were great players here. Uh, Wade Bailey was a four-year starter, uh, but I do feel like uh, Luke Waddell, who played quite a bit last year at third, uh, will step in and be very capable at uh, playing second base, and then Kyle McCann, who's Had to sit behind Joey for a couple years, uh, but played a lot of first base last year in DH for us. So he slides behind the plate. So both those guys are really good players in their own right. And, uh, you know, we just want them to be the best version of themselves and, you know, not try to compare themselves to Wade or or Joey. Just go play and uh, have fun. Uh, And I think if they do that, they'll be fine one of the identities of the program even before you got here with Jim Morris has been the offense
0: of course that's a big part of what you guys do uh, from uh, at the college level and the pro level but the pitching uh, here in 2019 this is a group that you feel pretty confident may be your best in quite some time what do you make of of, of this stable of arms you have
3: well I think it's definitely the deepest you know we definitely uh, want to make sure we stay healthy which sometimes can get tricky with pitchers but I think it's the deepest staff we've had. Uh, you know, will they execute their pitches and their performance equal? Uh, you know, that depth uh, that remains to be seen. We have a really, really uh, hard schedule, but uh, you know, we do feel like that we'll be up for the challenge. And you know, I'm excited about it. I think we got a good mix of uh, some older guys with some experience. We have some young guys that'll jump in there uh, that we're very high on and I think that combination of kind of young and old uh, should serve us well. So opening day on Friday, February 15th, week two of the
0: non-conference, you've got UCLA ranked as high as number three in several polls. This is is quite the challenge. Do you feel like that this group, because of of how much experience they do have, is more fit for an early season test like that?
3: We're going to find out. You know, I mean, UCLA, if you just look at them on paper, they have a lot of veteran position players that uh have played a lot not only at ucla but they were in the cape last summer some of them all stars in the cape so i think they bring a uh, really veteran uh, position player deep uh team in here i think they're getting some pitchers back that were not healthy last year uh so that will be a big challenge uh you know week two for us and but again you know i think uh To be the best, you gotta you gotta beat the best, and uh, that'll be a great challenge and kind of a a cross country uh, you know weekend uh, (laughs) for us to see how we stack up. A little East Coast baseball, West Coast baseball showdown, right? Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely.
0: Well, Coach, thanks so much for your time. And as you said, the schedule a tough year in, year out. But throwing number three UCLA in the mix, you got North Carolina coming to town, top five team, Clemson coming in. Uh, this will be one of the toughest schedules Tech has had in a while, but also a lot of fun. Hope everybody comes out to Russ Chandler and uh, enjoys it. Could be a special year on the flats.
3: I agree. We have uh, you know, we have some great home series. Uh, you know, so definitely hoping the weather can cooperate and that we can get uh, you know, a lot of Yellow Jacket fans uh, sitting in those seats at Russ Chandler.
0: Sounds like a playable Coach. Thanks for your time. Best of luck this weekend. Look forward to talking to you throughout the year. Thanks, Wiley. All right, that's going to do it for our episode of From the Flats. Again, softball, baseball are in town, as is men's basketball and women's basketball. Big weekend here at Georgia Tech. You've been listening to the From the Flats podcast brought to you by AT&T. Be sure to tune in to the Georgia Tech IMG Sports Network on game days for live coverage and subscribe to this channel to get the latest news on the Yellow Jackets.